everyone. Welcome back to an all new episode of the 20% podcast. This is the show where we bring you tips and tricks from industry professionals across all industries that you can implement in your current job today. This week's guest seems like he's always wanted to be in marketing. Now he's taking uh, now he's taking a look at AI and, and really is on the cutting edge of mastering mid-journey. So if you haven't heard what that is, we will absolutely get into it in today's show. So without further ado, please let me welcome Drew Brucker to the 20% podcast. Drew, what's going on, man? Tyler, what's up, man? Ready so to be excited. here, ready to chat. I'm so excited. We met, Drew and I met, we're, we're, we have a lot of the same circles and a lot of the same um, people that we uh, kind of hang around with. So I don't know exactly where where we met Drew, but Drew is super passionate about posting uh, on LinkedIn, primarily in the marketing space, which we're going to dive into some of his background, ultimately leading up to what the heck we're doing from an AI perspective for marketing and how that's really going to change the the AI landscape. Um, so Drew, before we jump into all that, uh, there's a question I used to ask every single guest on the show where I would start at the end of the 20% podcast, but I, I sh I'm shifting it forward now because I think it's uh, to just try to change the format up a little bit. So first question for you, Drew, if you were teaching a college 101 class based upon all of your previous life and work experience, what would you teach and why? Oh, wow, man, you're starting heavy. I like this. This it's is great. This is usually the end and it ties everything together. But now I want to try to tie everything back to, you know, that I like, this. Courses. I like this. So where would I start? Um, with marketing specifically, I, I, I don't know. You, I think the thing is, is it's more about the attitude than it is the experience. And using that as sort of like something that you can lean into, especially early on in your career is, is super valuable, right? Like when, when we take a back, uh, a look back at our early twenties, right? Where, where were we? What, what kind of person were we, how mature were we? What, like, how did we view a job versus a career? Um, did we even know what we wanted to do, but like, we're all great at certain things. And so a lot of it's that discovery process or just like, really uncovering those things that either are a little bit unique or make you you or things that you're a little bit strong at and leaning into those and applying it directly either to your role or just from the long-term perspective into your career. So I guess what I'm trying to say is it's more about what's going on in your head versus what you're trying to put in your head, I guess that point in your career, because there are so many things you don't know. Either you know you don't know them or you don't know you don't know. Them. Right. And you know, we're all kind of starting from that spot. So I think it's like taking care of, you know, your mental aspect and thinking about things like curiosity, um, you know, which is a very wide ranging characteristic that can do so many things for you. Taking a time to explore different pathways. Like one thing that I did, I'm sure we'll get into it, but I did some freelancing on the side early in my career in certain areas of marketing that I wasn't touching in my day to day. Mm -hmm. So like that, that component, right? Like helped me expedite the process of just trying to figure out, Hey, look, like I enjoy doing this. I don't enjoy doing this. And so it's, it's about things like that. I love that. And it sounds like it's all about self-discovery and really that curiosity. And there you go. Self-discovery. Love that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and I love that. Ad and I know we were just talking about it before as well, the the attitude over the experience of, you know, obviously whether you're um, a business trying to, um, or you're a sales rep trying to sell right now, a company trying to raise or somebody trying to find a job. I mean, uh, it, it's so important to have that uh, mentality. And, and of course, I want to dive into where you learned some of that over the course of your career as well. So thanks for, for dropping that, that big nugget. Yeah. 
So let's take a step back though. Um, obviously I saw you went to, um, to Missouri for, um, marketing, right? So obviously you always wanted to be this marketer, right? But tell us before, even before that, tell us what Drew was like, uh, as a kid, what you were like, were you always this outgoing person? And what were some of those first jobs like before you decided to go to college and study? <laughs> yeah, I, I think like in terms of like who I was, I think very distinctly about how I would shift between being an introvert to an extrovert. Like there were just different periods of my life where I felt like I was one or the other. And I think where I'm at today is I'm definitely like an introverted extrovert. I love to um, have my sort of like alone time, decompression time, thinking time. Like I value time myself. I don't feel lonely when I'm by myself. Like it, it, like I'm definitely like somebody that thinks, you know, very deeply about things and I like to think creatively. And so like, I really value that. And I think that's ultimately where I landed. Um, you know, like going back to like different jobs and, and so forth. First job was working at Kmart. I was a job or I was a, I was a cart pusher. There you go. You know, like back when they didn't have the machines and stuff, right? Like yep. you had to to load these suckers up. And then like, I, I just remember there were usually like two of us working at any given time because Kmart was the jam back then, you know? Did you have a ratchet strap as well to tie all the carts together? No, 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 no. We well, didn't before have that. Okay. We had nothing. So okay. I'm just, I'm laughing and I'm thinking about it now because like what we would do is like line these cars, like these carts up through the course of the parking lot and just try to see how many we could get in at any oh, yeah. given time. Right. Yep. And like, and so, you know, we'd be out there in the cold, the rain, you know, hundred degree weather in the summer, but like this, this job was also sort of like an overarching do anything kind of role. It was really kind of a crappy role. Now I'm thinking about it, but like, if there's a mess in the aisle, we're cleaning it up. Uh, if, somebody's got stuff in layaway and it's like way back in the back or it's heavy or you need anything loaded up in a car. That's us, right? Like it, it was a lot of work. Um, so that was the first, first gig that I had. And you mentioned like going to school for marketing. Yes. And yes. And no, like I, I went into a program, which was called entertainment management. It was more on the sports management side. There was a little bit of tie into marketing, but uh, I, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, and, you know, what will be interesting about this conversation too is, you know, the first half of my career I spent in sales and then I pivoted to marketing. And I think my, my experience in sales was just a rough one. I landed in, um, certain roles that weren't right for me, weren't fit to my personality. And I think had I found sales role or knowing what I know about SaaS now, like there could have been something there that would have definitely been up my alley. I just, I, I think it, it wasn't either something known by me at that time, or it wasn't available at that time, just given where way technologies advanced. But that led me to marketing. I got into marketing. As soon as I got into marketing, I knew the, you know, there was something very interesting here. And that's where my curiosity took off because I was just like, okay, I don't know what the hell this is, but I want to find out. Or I know there are other components to marketing, but I'm not sure what they are. So like, let me dive into this stuff. And I really use that as to your point, like a self-discovery, self-learning opportunity. And I just went headfirst into it. I love that. There's so much to jump into on that as we continue through your career. But number one, I want to stop back at the the Kmart days as well, because I think that there's some some real big lessons there as well. I know I did some some cart pushing. I worked in a produce department. I worked at- Oh, yeah. So I, I mean, like I, I learned how to sell uh, doors and windows and, and building materials at Lowe's. Um, so that's a whole, nother, a whole nother conversation. I was actually doing some 
looking back on it, I was actually doing some BDR type work as well, because like Crazy, uh, there was, uh, there was some, uh, they had like the, the sales pros there. And I was just like, like lumber and build and building materials and putting all the stuff on the shelves. Right. Um, but the, some of the sales guys who are like, the, they work for like the professional customers walk up this, you see somebody loading up a big cart and you'd say, Hey, is this for your home or for your business? And then if it was a business, Oh, well, do you know that we have, do we, we have a, um, ah, look at that. Probe. So then it's, then it's like, Hey, well, let me go introduce you to this person over here. It's so crazy how you look back on some of those things. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, you don't man. really appreciate it at the time because you know, you don't accumulate, you don't have the accumulated knowledge or experience that we do now. So you don't really know how to appreciate it. You kind of know that there could be something happening, but it is fascinating. Right. And it's also like, I always thought it was fascinating too, of how some of these early jobs are, are probably the hardest jobs. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're more physically demanding. There are no you know, there's no cushiness to it. Right. Like, like you just said, like we were grinding, like straightening things on the shelves and make them perfectly neat out in the rain and the, you know, the blistering hot weather and the pavement where you're pushing these carts, like sweating your ass off in a red smock. You yep. know what I mean? Like, a, <laughs> you know, just like doing what you got to do and you're not getting paid well for it. Right. So it's like those kind of things uh, are super interesting to look back on and see how it kind of shaped your career. And, and that's why it's all about, this is what the whole show is about, Drew, because it's like the, all of those, all of your skills, every single thing that you do, whether you're at, you're, you're pushing carts at Kmart or you're the VP of growth at Lasso, this probably won't be the last role that you ever have, right? You're learning something is whether the role's good or bad, positive, negative, there's going to be these skills that transfer throughout the course of your career. You didn't know it at Kmart. I didn't know it at, you kind of, well, at, at times, but um, the point being is that all of these skills transfer. So the big lesson here is whether you're happy, you're sad or whatever in your job, always learn from the the positives and negatives. And now the other oh. point, Drew, I'd love to talk is you were that guy at Kmart who was wearing multiple hats. You probably got to learn. Uh, number one, you learn grit and determination from pushing the carts and all that stuff. And I would bet, I, I know I'm this way. I always bring carts back to the store now because I know what it's like. To <laughs> That's that right, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but what is it like? I mean, like you learn how to wear multiple hats and learn different departments as well. I mean, I'm sure that that probably translates into some of your work that you're doing now as well of being able to mold to whatever needs to happen, right? To, to tie a bow on what you said too, I think is is great because you just summed it up. Like no matter what the experience is, good or bad, or just neutral, like there there are always takeaways and things that you can apply to future. And I think if you have that mindset, right, like that, that's going to help you get through the hard times. And it's going to also help you appreciate the good times, you know, and, and really just kind of put everything into context. But you're absolutely right. Like that sort of like wearing different hats at Kmart def definitely was a thing, right? And then um, I think about the next role after that, I was working at like a, um, like a very like upscale assisted living. And we would work, like we would do all the, uh, the dining services for dinner. So there's like an after school, like four to five hour shift every day. And you'd show up, you'd prep everything for these huge dining rooms, like massive, um, you know, and then you would have basically like, you'd almost be like a waiter, but like there was a predetermined menu, right? And so you're, you're running all the orders, you're taking the requests, um, you know, and like even that, there were multiple components of that job, like prepping, serving, the aftermath of cleaning up, like all, all those things. And then I just look at that into like where that took me into college. I, you know, I worked for the Springfield Cardinals, the St. Louis Cardinals double-A team, non-paid internship, same thing, like just grinding, but you're doing 
everything that goes into the event. You're selling tickets to get people there. You're greeting people at the gates. You're handing things out. You're doing, you're running the promotional activities in between the innings. You know, you're meeting with uh, maybe season ticket holders or group, group tickets that you sold at the event, you know, to, to sort of rub elbows and build rapport and form relationships. And then after, right. Like cleaning up, like making sure everything is shut down and you know, everything. So like, I always had this mindset of everything is your job. And I feel like that's just been this nice underpin that I don't even think about. Right. It's just, that's the mentality that I bring. And it's so instinctual now because it was built in those early jobs to your point. And, and that's it. And that's what I'm really passionate. And this is something I've considered doing as well further. And I know people who listen to the show are like, oh, Tyler keeps talking about this, but it's like, um, like being able to go into that high school or that college kid who's like, doesn't know what they want to do. Like odds are you're probably like teach them sales careers, sales skills or marketing skills, because you either need to sell yourself or market yourself. Right. Or be able to take a step back and say, what skills did you develop in that first job? Because there are skills that you transferred. Or if somebody's going into that first job, it's like, Hey, build relationships because you never know where this is going to happen later on. You don't know who that person's going to introduce you to. It's crazy things that if that you're getting paid a lot more than that $8 and 25 cents or the $15, whatever it is now. Yeah. What, what were we getting paid, Tyler? What was that? <laughs> I think I started at like seven fifty, maybe. Yeah. That sounds about right. It was, it was pretty small. Uh, but anyway, so I think it's, I think it's really interesting. And, and even just, uh, you know, like at the old folks home, you were talking about, you were probably dealing with tough customers too sometimes, right? Oh, yeah. It's yeah, like yeah, the customer sure. interaction, like there's so many skills that you develop over that. I'm going to stop geeking out over that um, and, and move forward into your career. But I think it's just really important to-, to I, Dude, I think it is too. Like I, I honestly, Tyler, I don't think enough people talk about that part of it. You know, uh, like that, that to me is underrated uh, because, you know, no one- we don't go to school to learn how to, I mean, most of us, right? Like to do the job specifically, we learn general knowledge and it's not like, I mean, yes, there are programs, but most of us aren't shadowing people in the job that we're wanting to do and are teaching us these one-on-one basics of how to be a professional, how to communicate in a job environment. Like those things are kind of there depending on what school you went to but like so much of that is dependent on those early experiences that you bring into the fold right so if you've had bad experiences you probably don't even like they're sitting with you as baggage and you don't want to bring those into a new situation right like you need to challenge yourself to continue to grow but i I agree man i think it's super important to just stress because not enough people talk about it no, absolutely. And thank you so much for for that as well. Now, okay, so you're this extroverted or you're introverted extrovert, right? This early 20s trying to really discover yourself, understand what you want, have a couple jobs, St. Louis Cardinals, working in sales, account management. Then you said that you made this shift into marketing that I want to talk about as well. How did you know when you wanted to make that? Because like that, sometimes I think about that as well. It's like, because I love the marketing side of things as well. It's like, how, but I love selling. So it's like, how do you know when the right time is to say, hey, maybe I'm going to switch into this, this marketing world and, and tell us a little bit more about some of that shifting process. Yeah, when you're in your early 20s, like, well, I guess not early 20s at this point. I mean, this was later 20s, but it, it wasn't something that I was like, can't say that I was thinking deeply, deeply about. I guess where I found myself was I'd been in sales. I, you know, I sort of alluded to this before we jumped off, but like, some of these initial sales roles I was in, 
outside of my career after the Cardinals, when I moved down to Atlanta, weren't great. They were just very, um, they weren't good experiences. Like I had one that was selling yellow page ads for AT&T, cold call, walk, you know, manager walking up and dial, you know, down the aisle, you had to make 200 dials a day or whatever it was. It was like, yeah, I, I don't think like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And then, you know, transition to another role, there was just some bad workplace stuff going on. It was just like, okay, surely this is not everywhere, right? So ultimately I landed in property management. I was leasing apartments. I took like a huge pay cut just to do that because I thought, hey, look, at least with this, I'm not on the phone and I'm meeting people face-to-face. -face. It seems like a little bit more relaxed and like I can use my personality. It turns out it is still a lot of work, right? It's it's customer service just as much as it is sales, right? So you think about where people live. I mean, they have problems, right? Whether, hey, look, uh, I've got a leak or my neighbor below me's smoking weed or, you know, like somebody parked, you know, and hit my car. Like, do we have cameras? You know, it's just, it's, it's a lot, right? So, but what that taught me was the value of building those relationships, just being genuine, building empathy, being altruistic, like all those things that I think could, you know, roll into marketing at that time. I didn't know it, but that, that had run into sort of a dead end. I had, I had gone up and up and up within a company there. And I'd done really well from a selling standpoint where that got me was I was leasing up one of the most expensive new um, communities that this company, a top five company in property management was building here in Buckhead. It was like $150 million property, like just insane. And we were leasing townhomes for like six grand a month. This was like 10 years ago, right? Like, and uh, we were just leasing to, to like ballers, right? Like people that, people that had money that didn't really, you know, they, this is maybe like a third home or somewhere they could work out, you know, like stuff like that. And I just remember we didn't lease those as fast as that company wanted us to. And so we, we kind of all got pushed out one by one. And that was such an, uh, a weird experience for me because I felt like from a company loyalty perspective, I was someone that they personally chose for this property. I was one of the best sellers nationwide in this company. And like I had just done so much and I'd been there for three years. And then all of a sudden, right, I'm out the door and I'm thinking about, hey, what is it that's that's next? And I'll never forget my dad was just like, hey, Drew, like this is probably a good thing because what were you going to do after this? Just be a manager at another property? Like, I think you got other things that matter to you. Just think about it, you know? And I just thought, you know what? He's probably right, even though I don't want to admit it. And sure enough, you know, like I had another property management company talk to me about a marketing role. You know, it was like, there was, there were two roles open. One that was kind of what I was doing before and one that was marketing. I said, no, nah, like I just kind of gone through all this. I'm interested in the marketing component. And Tyler, I guess like the point is at that time, I didn't know much about marketing. All I knew was I knew social media. I knew the importance of like reviews, uh, Facebook at that time to help sell. And I took that knowledge to just kind of shoot my shot, if you will, and got in the door. And then once I got in the door, I was lucky enough to have like a manager that really leaned on me to kind of figure things out, even though I, I, I didn't really have a lot of experience to pull from. Would that have worked for everybody? Probably not. But for me, it was the perfect uh, autonomy that I needed to like self-educate, self-discover, 
and figure all those things out. Wow. I love that story as well. And it's, it's so interesting because, uh, I mean, again, I, you know, as I was mentioning before, and I, you know, everything happens for a reason and, you know, yep. it was probably such a big deal at the time of trying to understand why did this happen? Uh, I wish uh, maybe I could have done this more, but then, uh, you, you had your dad come in and, and do, um, you know, and obviously give you just that little piece of wisdom that sounds like it went a, a pretty long way. Tell me a little bit more about, um, any, any big lessons or experiences that, uh, that your parents had, had taught you or instilled in you as well. Now we're on the topic. Yeah. One, one that I think of that was a game changer for me. And I don't know that I've talked about this on a podcast before, but you know, this, this is the reality, I guess, of life, but you know, my, my college experience was my first time away from home and I think I was still trying to figure out, you know, a lot about myself in, in high school, especially in the first couple of years, I was very quiet. Um, then, you know, by the time I was a junior and senior, I was really coming out of my shell. And, you know, when I went away to college, I was, I was having a blast. I was, I was, I totally went full scale extrovert, meeting everybody I could doing things I would never even think about doing today, like to go out of my way to meet people and build relationships. And, it paid off. Like I formed a lot of, I formed a lot of friends, a lot of groups at that time. And what happened was I joined a fraternity. I did a lot, but what I wasn't doing was going to class all the time, you know? And so my grades suffered quite a bit and I'll never forget because that first year went by and it was painful. I, I think I pulled like a one seven and my parents are like, yeah, we're not sending you to school to, to pull a one seven. So you're going to come home. And I just remember kicking and screaming, you know, so to speak. And, you know, just like this, this isn't going to be good. And I basically went to community college, like in my hometown for one semester, it, that period of time was unknown, but it was like, Hey, look, if you can show us that you can, you know, put everything together, we'll talk. And so that semester, it was a tough semester for me, but like, I ended up, I think like pulling like a three, four, three, five, you know, my parents took that seriously and they, they allowed me to, to basically go back. And that was a huge lesson for me, you know, like just, I wanted to do everything and anything. And I think just having everything ripped away without certainty and like seeing all those friendships, all those things that I had built and discovered and learned taken and seeing, then seeing people that you went to like high school with or whatever, and they, they never had the opportunity to leave. And you're just like, yeah, I just, I just messed that up. And so I'll never forget. I think that had a, a, a lasting impression on me from a student and a job perspective of like, look, nothing's given. You have to earn it. Um, if you are going to skip class, so to speak, like you, you need to do it wisely, right? Like, of, of course, depending on the teacher, maybe you don't need to be at every class, but to miss classes for weeks at end, right? And expect to be fine. That isn't, that isn't logical. So there were a lot of hard times during those college years, but I, I wouldn't trade it because it ultimately made me more mature by the time that I got out. It's so interesting. And you look back on, and thank you for sharing that as well. Um, it, it It's so interesting when you look back on, on certain situations, when you think like, Oh, when you are kicking and screaming to your parents, it's like, you probably thought there's no way they're actually going to go through with this. And there's no way. Yeah. I yeah there was still like that thing you're holding on to. It's like, yeah. But, but looking back on it, I mean, like that was a huge, I mean, like you learned so much because like, then it's just like, all right, let's play out what it would have been like if you went back and you did and you still continue to do the things you were doing. And then, 
Who knows if you continue, if you finish school, it's right. It's like taking that little one step back to take so many steps forward. I mean, any other, any other thoughts on that? I mean, that, that was massive. Yeah. That wasn't the last time I tested my, my parents' patients in college. <laughs> so there were, there were some, you know, other opportunities too, but by the, the point is by the time that I was graduating college, I had already gone through so much. I was ready to graduate. Right. I went from like having so much fun and doing all this stuff. And it still, it still was, you know, one of the best periods of my life to the point where it's like, okay, now I'm ready for the next step. Right. Like I've, I've been through the good times. I've been through the bad, like I'm certainly done with the bad let's get into, you know, what's next. And that's, that was sort of where I landed. And, you know, again, some of those lessons stick, some don't, but like the ones that stuck really did. And they kind of underpin, you know, a lot of how I view any situation today, you know, especially with work or family. That's really such a, a phenomenal story. I mean, and, and like, there's so many lessons in my life too, where I look back and it was like, oh, why did that happen? But it, it ended up being one of the, uh, the, the, Silver linings are one of the best things that we that could have happened as well. So I try to try to continue to take that moving forward in some of those other less ideal situations, I guess, if you will. Now, moving forward through your career, obviously, so you're we we got the you know you moved into this project or the uh, consulting management, then you then you you went into marketing. You're learning all these different marketing skills. Um, held director of marketing roles, content roles, and you even head of brand and marketing, head of brand and digital. But you did some areas as well where you did some consulting and you did some professional photography as well. Talk to us about some of, of having some of those type of experiences while you still were, uh, were you doing that maintaining your day-to-day job as well? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we talked about freelancing. Yeah. There were like projects again that I would, I would take on knowing that they're not like huge or they're, you know, thinking about the timeline, right. Or, Hey, when, when am I actually able to work on this? So yeah, I mean, that was, that was something I was doing in a full-time gig. Same with the photography thing. Um, that was more or less just a really good creative outlet and passion for me to, again, kind of do something I'm not going to be doing in my full-time role, right? Like, so, so diving deep into a hobby, self-taught, you know, I, I guess the impetus for that was just like, you know, me and my wife started to travel after we got married and, you know, you'd come back from like, we did, I'll never forget, we did an Iceland trip. And Iceland is just insane how many, you know, photogenic things there are there, the landscapes. And I just remember looking at my phone, I'm like, these, these phone photos don't do these any justice at all. And I think that was sort of like the beginning. And I, I just started trying to learn about photography. I didn't know anything about it, but going back to the idea of just being curious, right? Like it was just like, Hey, look, before I buy a camera, before I go buy, spend a couple hundred bucks or a thousand bucks, like it's a big purchase. Let me see if this is something I'm even going to be interested in. So I started to like watch videos, do that whole thing. And I didn't, I did that for a couple of weeks before I even went and bought anything photography related, because I really wanted to think about, Hey, look, is this something I want to get into? And yeah, that's, that's just kind of how that um, transpired. I think that's the case with a lot of things that I do. I love, you know, especially if it's not my full-time role, like I love to dive into these different areas, go deep, you know, not to the deepest, deepest extent, but like far enough into that deep end where it's, I feel like, okay, I know most of what's here. Here's what I enjoy about it. Here's where I want to take it. And then I decide, Hey, look, is this something I want to still pursue? Or usually what happens, right? It's like, I get something else and it's like, Ooh, that next. Right. Like, so 
I think that itches the the side of my personality that's a little bit more like creative, uh, self-exploratory, self-discovery, right? Like just just tinkering. Yeah. And I love that. I think it ties perfectly into the the next area that we wanted to talk about, this creative outlet and passion that you're you're doing things outside of your day-to-day role. It sounds about a lot about what you're doing uh, with some of the um, photography, not photography work, with the mid-journey stuff that you're doing right now. So uh, for first and foremost, um, I'd love for you to under, uh, explain, number one, what is mid-journey? Um, and it is, I'll, I'll let everybody know, it is an AI-based tool, but tell me a little bit more about, uh, give everybody a, a high level what mid-journey is. Um, I think it has some ties probably to that f- uh, photography background that you have as well. But then the other question, the other thing I'd love to dive into following that then is um, the the shift in AI in sales and marketing. But let, first and foremost, let's talk yeah. about mid-journey specifically and, and what, what that is and how you're currently uh, using that as a, a hobby right now as well, it sounds like, right? Yeah. So, I mean, mid, mid-journey is essentially text to image generation, right? So if you think about, you know, chat GPT, which is, you know, the, the one thing that most people, I would say, that have invested any time and energy into AI know, know what that is, right? So you enter what's called a prompt into chat GPT, and then chat GPT gives you something back, you know, a one-for-one um, similar to mid-journey in that sense, like the, the quality of what you input determines the quality of the output, you know? And so the way that you can think about mid-journey is I'm typing in words or keywords to describe a subject, a scene, um, whatever I have in my head for an image. And it's going to basically take that, interpret that and spit that out into something else. And so that's, that's sort of like a scaled down version one for one of what it is. What I think is so interesting about it is I think it's really going to shake things up with B2C and B2B and when it comes to image generation. Images are, you know, the backbone of of content essentially too, right? You need visual components. And so when I think about things like website images, creative ads, uh, photography that you couldn't get uh, without hiring a photographer and all these other intangibles that go with it. Um, when I think of things like blogs for, you know, maybe more advanced or uh, long form content, like a guide or an ebook or something like that, a course, like all these things can be developed using something like Midjourney to get you there. Again, I will say just sort of the disclaimer is similar to ChatGPT. This is not a plug and play thing where you can instantly start and just expect amazing things or even on that first prompt, right? With ChatGPT, you have to experiment. You have to play around. You have to build on top of things, right? It takes time. And so I say all that to say, don't expect magic right out of the box, but that's also the beauty of learning this because you're putting in the reps to build that muscle long-term by experimenting and playing around and trial and error. You're figuring things out consciously or even subconsciously as you're going about doing those, those things. And that's why it's so powerful, but I'm just fascinated by mid journey really because it can speed things up. It can take away costs. Um, it, it knocks, knocks down obstacles for marketers and sales. You know, um, when we think about things like imagery for enablement or whatever it is, I don't have to hire a graphic designer. I don't have to have these conversations, pay out, you know, review mock-ups, wait for days to get something back. Like all those things start to kind of fade away. And that's why I'm fascinated by it. 
Yeah, that's so interesting. And I, and I just started messing around more with ChatGPT as well. I haven't played around in mid-journey, but it's really interesting how you could train these certain things as well of like, if something doesn't come out the way that you want it. Um, and it really, I think it makes you, as you mentioned, it's like uh, much like any data source, right? I, I think, you know, my research background will tell me like data, you know, if you're doing any uh, calculations or something like garbage data in is going to be garbage output, right? And I'm That's sure right. it's probably the same way with mid-journey, right? How how has this focused your ability to be very clear in what you're trying to um, explain to the computer, I guess, that you want as a good output, right? Because I think if you're looking for this specific vision, you need to really be able to articulate exactly what that is. And I think that that's transferable across any job that you're going to have as well. Yeah, it's a great point. With, with MidJourney, I think what helps too is the way that it's set up currently is when you sign up and you start to you know, get there with prompts and start to enter your own stuff, it puts you in a general room with other people that are doing the same thing. And so I think it's sort of got a little bit of this community learning aspect to it as well, right? Like you're going to see different words being used, different what's called parameters being used, which are essentially like different like modifiers based on, hey, I want this type of dimension image. Like I want, you know, a vertical instead of a portrait or, you know, or a landscape, for example, or um, maybe I want this to be highly stylized versus a little bit more simple, you know, like all of those things um, you can kind of figure out and learn from with others in real time. And I think that's extremely valuable when you first get in because yeah, you aren't starting from scratch. You know, the other, the other component is if you get on social media platforms like Twitter um, there's a lot of those conversations taking place openly right now. You know, there's, there, there are communities that you can dive into to speed up and expedite your, your learning curve as well. You know, so you're not, you're not in it alone. I think that's, that's a great point because same with chat GPT, right? Like I could fire that thing up, land there and it's a blank screen, right? So, so where am, what am I starting with? Um, chat GPT seems a little bit more intuitive in the sense of like, Oh, I've got this thing I want to solve for. Like maybe I just want to brainstorm, I don't know, 20 subject lines that are based on this type of email I'm trying to put out. seems like a, a little bit more of a one-on-one -on -one exchange, whereas MidJourney is, takes a little bit more thought of like, what do I want to create, right? And does it have a purpose right now or am I just playing around? So community learning, there's also like within MidJourney, there's a whole, um, just call it a hub, but basically it, it you can search by keyword and you can find what other people have created too, right? And so that's a good source of creativity or referencing to say, oh, like, I want to create a picture of Darth Vader. Like, let me see what other people have created. Ooh, I kind of like this style of Darth Vader, but I want them to do this, or I want it to be here. I want to use this kind of light or whatever it may be. And so that's where it really comes into, you know, what we know as creativity, which is like building on other existing ideas and making it original. You know what I mean? I, I love that. And I think it's really cool because, you know, like for someone like myself, like I am uh, definitely drawing impaired, I guess is probably a good way of putting it. Like I am, I, I have these, these big creative thoughts and these visions, but putting the pen to the papers uh, probably wouldn't be as nice. However, this yeah. is a great way. It seems like for for those who maybe aren't the best drawers or or whatever the case is to be able to express themselves from a a, uh, a creative perspective. Give everybody yeah. the high level of how you're actually helping people right now with getting into that mastering mid journey right now as well. Yeah. So you know, I've I've taken a little bit of a pivot. You know, with with LinkedIn, 
which is a place that I've been posting for almost a year and a half now. Most of what I've been posting about is marketing related. I mean, I'm a creative at heart. So if I can find ways to tie that into what I'm posting, right? Like I love to do that, but I've also been banging my head against the wall to think about, hey, what is it that I want to talk about next, right? Like, what do I want to dive into? And that's kind of where Midjourney presented itself in a way. I was playing with it in the background. I remember I put out just one post uh, probably about a month ago now, you know, around it. And I just thought, you know what? I think people want to hear about this, but I was still kind of overestimating how how much people knew about Midjourney, right? And then I just, you know, I've seen some stats recently where it's like, yeah, only 25, 20, 25% of people have even heard or used Midjourney out of like, you know, this sample size survey. And it's like, okay, that puts things into perspective, right? Like, so long story short, I just, I started pulling together the things that I had been pulling together to help me learn, to try, to test. And I thought, you know what, I maybe this is the opportunity I was looking for rather than starting a newsletter or a podcast on marketing, right? Like maybe it's, maybe it's this guide on Midjourney. I can help some people out. I can maybe teach, I can, um, you know, expedite that learning process for them. And so I started kind of pulling together all my resources, doing some more research, pulling some, you know, examples into the fold. And I just built, uh, you know, like this really deep and, uh, extensive repository of all the like the elements that can go into how you prompt right to get good images and so that could be here are the different camera types to use the different lenses you know use this lens if you're going for this type of look uh here are the different light components you know like soft light versus morning light versus you know golden hour a lot of these like photography terms too really i hear that photography stuff coming in here yeah they integrate really well too because i think that goes beyond like how people that aren't uh photography proficient and know these terms are thinking too which which has helped me lay out a little bit more of an extensive learning opportunity for them right like composition um focal length on cameras right like there are certain camera lenses that give you a wide angle and there are cer- certain ones that you can, that are basically like a telescope that go way far out and I'm shooting a photo of a lion and I want to close up, but I'm like 200 yards this way. Right. And so like explaining how you can use different, different focal lengths, different depths of field, um, you know, the different materials and the words you can use to describe some of the props. And I think that having that kind of repository gets people into their creative element in the sense of, I have something I can fall back on to just, okay, I'm out of ideas. Let me go back to this. And now I can try different things with this and this. And so that's what I wanted to provide to people. And it's been, it's been an amazing like little ride so far, man. I mean, uh, I think 60 plus people have bought the course or the guide. Um, And what's also fascinating about it is like half of them are international, you know, like, I had no followers really internationally. And so to kind of like see the, the way this has kind of played out and the different conversations that have crossed uh, continents and, you know, the interest in general has been pretty fascinating. I love that. I think that that's a, a huge lesson because I've considered doing some some different courses, whether it was for how to run effective podcasts that I, or whatever, you know, it's like just that overthinking. It sounded like you had a little bit of that, but you're like, you know what, I'm going to go do this. And then it, and sure. it ended up being able to just, help people. What, what's your, what's your best piece of advice for those who are, have a, a thought or an idea and actually just going to, to implement it? 
right? What, what, what does that process look like for you? Well, this is, this is going to be me talking to myself and everybody else, but <laughs> when you're doing something like this too, there, there is going to be a point of diminishing returns in terms of like perfectionism, what you want to keep pushing versus like just shipping it out. Right. I, I got to that point where, as I was putting together this thing, because this is, because mid journey can be so deep and comprehensive. And again, there are all these different areas, right. That could affect a, a prompt, for example, like at what point do I just kind of like say, okay, this is good enough. And you're going to run into that. And anything that you put out will never be perfect. So it's, it's sort of that mindset of, Hey, this feels like it's good enough. And the reality is you're going to learn from whatever you put out regardless. Like there's, it's, it's, there's always going to be something that you feel like you missed or some void that you didn't cover. Right. And so I think that, that was important. The other thing that I would say is don't overthink it. I think I was, I was just, I wanted to create something so bad that I literally had probably like two or three months. And I'm like, what is this thing? Is it, you know, is it a newsletter about curiosity and this and that? Because I love that portion of it. Is it a podcast about like creative and marketing and this and that? Because I, you know, I kind of like to do this and that, and maybe that's interesting. And I just, I, I never got to something that felt like I would stick with it. And then as soon as, right, you have sort of this, this moment, this serendipitous moment of, hey, this was fun. You know, like maybe I'll do something with this. And you don't think about it so much and you just do it. That's when the magic happens. Dude, that's that's phenomenal. Thank you so much for that. And I love those lessons of trying to teach a lot of the things that I uh, uh, I, I come out with advice. It's like it's me trying to just tell myself that as well. So I think it was really awesome that you uh, yeah. that you, that yeah. you kind of took that uh, that as well because we all need that that reminder from from ourselves as well to just keep moving on it. Now with the last couple minutes here as well, I, I know you know obviously this AI is changing the way that we're doing um, doing the creative portion as well. Um, there's some uses for it for business as well, but just from a, a high level, I know that you're a really forward thinker thinking go-to-market leader especially with um, you know vp of growth at lasso right now um you have this sales background and this marketing background and now you're taking more of this ai into it talk to us about how you envision ai changing the landscape for go-to-market teams um as, as we move forward into the the remainder of this year and as we continue on as well well you know ai is is very vast so that can mean so many different things right we anybody listen to this that that has heard about ai or has just really kind of been in, you know, some of these conversations, you know that there are tools for basically anything. What I've done as like a team leader is try to facilitate a proactive approach to learning these tools. We're, I mean, we're extremely busy. We're a startup, we're moving fast. You know, I were just talking about this beforehand, but we announced four new products in six months. It's not like we don't, you know, we're sitting around with time. Like we, we've got a lot of initiatives. But at, from, from a leader standpoint, it's important that my team is spending time with AI and we're facilitating a culture where we are thinking about how to connect this dot or integrate it into our workflow or become more efficient. And I think that's healthy, right? Like you, you have to be very intentional about that. So what we've done, right, is try to set aside a weekly occurring 30 minute to an hour where that's all we do is dive into AI. We explore it on our own time. We've got a channel in Slack, right? We share resources, yada, yada, yada. 
So that's, that's point number one is regardless of what tool it is or what it's for, you need to facilitate the right culture to make that happen. And if you're, if you happen to be leading a team or you've got a voice on your team, do yourself a favor, help, help facilitate that for your company and for your team. This is where things are going. So we're still early, but having that type of curious mindset and uh, foresight is really going to pay off in the long run. Second, you know, the way that we're thinking about it, as I just alluded to, is we're taking inventory of all the things that we're doing, you know, weekly, and we're trying to test those against things that we could do this for AI or anything that's a repeatable process that takes us a certain amount of time to do. We should at least ask ourselves a question. Can we, do, can we be doing this better? Could we be doing this different? Could this be, you know, time-saving if we think about it like this? That's how we're, that's how we're moving forward. We're questioning all of those things in real time. And I think that's been extremely important for us. So, you know, we're, we've adopted it, adopted it with content. Um, you know, and I think that's, a very big bucket, but not necessarily from a blog writing perspective, but for brainstorming ideas, headlines, email copy, if you can really prompt it correctly, we'll get you there. Um, product signups, like campaigns, all those things. It's very good for brainstorming and idea generation. We've utilized it for that. We've utilized AI for our podcast, right? It's a very long form piece of content, uh, piece of content it could be an hour long sometimes. We use a tool called Cast Magic. There are other tools out there like AI Summarize. I'll give my boy Jay Desai a shout out because he's doing some pretty cool things starting that up. But you can plug that in, right? And it gives you, here are your key takeaways from that podcast. Then here's three or four, I you know, here are three or four drafts for LinkedIn posts. Here's a Twitter thread for it. Here's a full transcript. Here are, you know, some other um you know, assets that you can basically just plug and play, right? Or they're 90% of the way there. And it's like, yeah, we wouldn't have been able to do that before, right? Like tools like Descript, obviously changing the game for creators or individuals like us, like just think about how difficult or time-consuming video editing was. And now to be able to democratize that in a way where you could just go in, you know, use it like a Word doc with rich text, boom, boom, delete this. Okay, this snips together, done. It's incredible, man. So I, I think the point is this, you have to be spending the time purposefully and intentionally to get the full benefit out of it. It's not just going to come of, hey, yeah, I know I should learn AI. I'm going to look at it here and now. And it's an ad hoc thing. You actually have to be very intentional and create some sort of cadence behind it. I love that. And it sounds like you're taking a, it sounds like a, I know Google has like a 20% rule or something where they're like letting their employees one day a week go and like do their own creative ventures or, or whatever the case is. It's, I think it's amazing that you're taking almost something like that and giving your, your team that time to learn and to grow. And I think the other important thing to, that you really, that you touched on as well, before we wrap up is understand why you're trying to use AI. Like what's the goal of it as well. It's like, am I trying to be more efficient? Am I, am I trying to be more creative? I'm not just trying to dump this in and write blog posts and send it out because I think that that's going to, uh, I mean, I'm sure people are doing it and, and sure you can, but um, I think it loses a big human touch of it, I guess I think. But the point being is like, how are we going to try to take some of these other big ideas and try to distill it down easier? So, um, but the point, you know, just know why you're doing it in the first place. Drew, I love this conversation, man. I, I know exactly why I was bringing you on the podcast. And uh, it, was, it was such a, a great time chatting with you as always. Where can people learn more about you and everything you have going on? Yeah, I think you and me are hanging out on LinkedIn still, aren't we? We are. Are we doing the threads thing yet or no? 
I, I, you know what? I've seen everybody. I, I think everybody, I think my mom actually just made a threads too, but I, I don't have one yet. Um, <laughs> Your mom beat you too. No, man. she doesn't have one. Kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah. LinkedIn's a place, you know, that's, that's where I'm showing up every day, posting good content. Um, same for you, Tyler. I know like LinkedIn's been, been great, but if you, anybody has anything AI related questions, uh, specifically with mid journey, that's probably where I could help a little bit more, but AI in general, uh, feel free to reach out, happy to, to connect support and, um, yeah, learn from anybody else just as much as I'm trying to, uh, to teach them. Awesome. Drew. Thank you so much, man. Thank you. Appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And if you enjoyed the show, it would mean the absolute world if you went to Apple and rated and reviewed the show for me as well, is this is a fantastic way to help grow the show and help to bring in fantastic guests and even more listeners to our tribe. So stay tuned for next episode and have a fantastic rest of your day.